Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the World War II Discussion Podcast. This is Mark Rice, and across the room from me is General Douglas MacArthur. Welcome. It's in hut. This is, uh, who am I? General MacArthur? I'll take it. Uh, General John MacArthur. Uh, Douglas MacArthur. John MacArthur, uh, Bible expositor extraordinaire. And we're going to be expositing a few things today. Expositing an interview with Phil Joel about the Newsboys United tour and about his new Zealand album. That's going to fill up most of the podcast. And uh, expositing on, yes, World War II through the eyes of four crazy rock and rollers from Columbus, Ohio. Heroes. They're heroes. Where do they live, though? In a house. What's the house for? I don't know, but I just heard that it's at the end. But it's not the end. (laughs) Well, I heard it was the end. So if you heard the end was not the end, then I don't know what you're talking about. Man, we... I I hope everyone knows what we're talking about at this point. <laughs> yeah, for, we kind of just spelled it out now, didn't we? For for this week's segment of Is It Five Stars, the end is not one the end. One of our oft-requested. Yes, one of our oft-requested. Some people are wondering why it's taken us this, to- this long to talk about it in the first place. Yes, it took us 10 whole episodes to get around to The End Is Not The End. So we had to, we had to push off the recording uh, late tonight. Um, because I was out at a at a video shoot as an extra. I was an extra in the new Andrew Peterson music video. Ooh, yeah. Um, so what was the mu- music video for? He's about beats? to re- he's about to release uh, the first sing- single for uh, Resurrection Letters Volume One. Is he worthy? Oh, is he? Wor- oh, that's gonna be his first single. In- ah, he should have gone with interesting with choice, right? I know, I know. You were—I've th- I, seen you say before that you think his heartbeats would be perfect for radio. Oh man! Um, and this is—that is such a good. It's already gonna be my song of the year. This is almost so- um, the least radio-ready song on Volume One because it's like a lit- liturgical call and response song, um, very like catechistic. Uh, like asking a question and then like the choir responds to his question. Um, but so were you a member of the choir in responding to the questions? No, I, I, I'm not supposed to say too much, except I think the video might actually be out by the time this episode gets out. Um, but it's in a, in a church where it was filmed in a church and I was just in the audience of people. There was also a choir up on the stage. Um, but then we were singing back to him from the pews pew 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 church pews and uh it's cool I'm, I'm really excited for everyone to see the video and to hear the album um this might be my like new second favorite <laughs> andrew peterson album not to like it, i don't well, think it can top light for the, light lost, boy for the lost boy is a really tough one to top exactly exactly i'll, I'll grant you that um but man i'm so excited for people to hear Resurrection Letters Volume 1, which by the time this episode releases will be close uh, to its March 30th release. Have you listened to it yet? Right? Oh, yes. Yeah. I've listened to it a lot. What do you think? I, I, I mean, I love it. I, again, I don't think it tops Light for the Lost Boy. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's, I'm going to give it five stars. I'm mm-hmm. actually... Did we just I, change I to... our Is It Five Stars segment to Andrew Peterson? <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll wrap. I'll wrap it up with this, and then we'll go back to our House of Heroes uh, discussion. So, I mean, my early sneak peek review is, man, I just love Andrew Peterson, and this album is so Andrew Peterson, and I'm really excited for you all to hear it. I've already talked about how much I love his heartbeats, but mm. there are a lot of really great songs on it. Is He Worthy is definitely a good one. Um, and the rest of the songs are escaping me. I wasn't planning on just it, talking about this. Is He but. Worthy actually made me cry my first time listening through the album. Like I was weeping the whole second half of the song. But I liked or if I can not see that. loved every song on the album. And it's a short one. Uh, nine tracks. Um, but you, you gave... You gave four and a half stars to Prologue. Um, mm-hmm. Consid- you- considered five. I think I probably would prefer the Prologue to the album, but just by a hair. Oh, that's crazy to me. Um, did you- really? You don't like the Prologue? I think Prologue's good. Um, I-, I-, I don't think it quite compares. I think I think Volume 1 blows it out of the water. And, there- and there's a few things that are like very clearly leading up to Volume 1. Um, like the instrumental track, Ninth Hour is just like an instrumental version of is he worthy and takes like some of like the string tracks from is he worthy and makes an instrumental song out of it um hmm. and there's a lot I don't of know if i notice that there's a lot of cool things going on with like songs referencing each other um and like themes yeah building. The, fade, the fade out to um right all, and, yeah the final track together yeah and the final track was it all things new and all things together. Well, the final track is all things together, together, and then it fades out the exact same way that all um, things new starts. All things new two. starts. Yeah. yeah. So it's cool. I just, it's it's going to be great to uh, be okay. able to discuss that more with people and uh, get yeah. people hearing it. Hey, but what were we just supposed to be talking another about? Another great album. Another very very great album by. The My boys, House of Heroes is not the end. right. Um, and you know it's funny. So this is a five star album on Jesus Freak Hideout. But what first put this album on my radar was a rave review that this album got on a uh, secular website. Um, that this, like this, as isn't, it should have, right? That like this isn't the type of album that only Christians are going to like. This is the type of album that made like lifelong fans of House of Heroes out of people who normally would never touch Christian rock. And this this album had a huge effect on me um back in what October 2008. Here we are like 10 years later and it's still just as good. Um ah uh, man, this album is so amazing. I think this album is probably one of the definitive alt-rock albums of the aughts the aughts definitely within the realm of christian music i think um i'd put uh cities from on berlin in that same category i think i'd put maybe a few other albums and berlin i've always said on berlin that's funny (laughs) kitties by on berlin (laughs) (laughs) but this album is just from beginning to the end. You know, it's 67 minutes long. Just an amazing, amazing album. Yeah. Even throwing in uh, the two acoustic bonus tracks that came on the CD release 
it still maintains just utter perfection. Mm-hmm. By by the way we're describing it, I think it might be a little obvious to tell, but I think this is a five star album. Do you think this is a five star album, Chase? I don't think this is a five star album. <gasps> I know this Ooh. is a five star album. Ah, uh, okay, okay, you got uh, me. You got me. Um, you got me, man. Oh, I man. Just looking at the track listing, like the second half of the album has this run of songs that any other band would kill to have like journey into space sooner or later babies are red drown faces voices that section that i think largely is 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 the easiest part of the album to overlook um because most of the singles and most of the big like the big songs from this album came from the first half um like that second half i, I would completely understand if someone said that this album was like top heavy um and that like the first half is better i, I get that but any band would be so lucky to have like five or six songs as good as the ones I just mentioned. Like the weakest link on the end is not the end. Very well might be the strongest link on a solid release from any other artist. This is mm-hmm. uh, this is a truly talented band just at the height of their powers, at the height of their inspiration. Everything that they do well is perfectly displayed across all these songs. And I think this even came like before they started uh, investing too much or indulging too much in some of the things that would make them uh, not as completely lovable or not as groundbreaking. You know, they after this album, they started going away from the huge harmonies. You know, the next album, Suburba, they started trying to kind of diversify their sound a little bit. And it saw them leaning more obviously into their classic rock influences. Um, but this album just throughout it's it's incredible lyric writing it's incredible like drumming guitar playing it's it's ridiculously good vocal performances from tim skipper complemented by great harmonies from the rest of the band it's not their best produced album i I wouldn't say i think in some ways it's kind of flat sounding but that also helps it all tie together and feel of a piece um Whereas like Suburba is a much, much better produced album, a lot more colorful. The separate songs are much more distinct from each other. But because of that, they also don't feel as glued together as this album does. You know, it's funny that you um, kind of mentioned that because as long as you mentioned that, I will say the one thing that is kind of a detractor of this album for me. Um, It's not a big detractor because I obviously think it is five star. Mm -hmm. And it's also kind of a side product of every single song being so good. (laughs) It's just that, um, you know, earlier you were mentioning, you know, you could understand how somebody could accuse this album of being top heavy. Uh, I, or front heavy, uh, front loaded. I think both actually work. I think that I might have to even say that this album is a bit front heavy because just because there is, um, the, the front half, just sounds similar to the back half. You know, there isn't a ton of stylistic variance. And that's one thing that I love about Suburba. I get the impression that you're not as big a fan of Suburba. Am I correct? Uh, no, I've actually, um, I've questioned in the past whether or not I prefer Suburba over this album. Oh, really? Um, Cause I, I love Suburba. Yeah. I've always thought that, that the end is not the end is, is better, but on a more like favoritism, like personal 
way. Um, I've had seasons of preferring uh, Suburba. Debatably, mm-hmm. I had a small season of preferring Cold Hard Want. Um, and then later on, I think I had a small season of preferring Say No More. And even uh, this past week, uh, in preparation for this episode, I basically revisited um, their entire discography. And the thing that really stuck out to me this past week was the Smoke EP, which I knew I loved. But if they if they had released a full length of just like you know taking those six songs in the Smoke EP, double down, and give us twelve songs that were as good as those six, that might be my new favorite House of Heroes album. Uh, but as it stands, this one still. Uh, usually edges out on top so yeah i don't really notice the back half of the album as much as strongly as i noticed the front half of the album just because i mean the back half of the album is great uh babies of red probably has my favorite chorus my favorite chorus to sing along to (laughs) in the entire uh what you're saying is you like communism yes i love communism or well you can fall in love with the communists without support yeah I guess that's what the song is about. <laughs> it, it is about, I know. And, um, but it's actually funny. Babies are Red is actually the album, the song that made me realize, wait a minute, this is actually a concept album. Because the first, I, I listened to this album for years and I always had the general sense that there was some type of correlation between these songs. Yeah. Because I could sense that there was a theme here you know, kind of a, you know, wartime theme, kind of a war bride theme, a war love story. But mm-hmm. it was um, like the moment that it hit me was actually a few years after I first heard it when I was listening to Babies Red and I'm like, wait, okay, it's the song's about falling in love with the communist. And I'm like, this is a concept album about World War II. To my knowledge, and I, I've never tried to like look at the lyrics in an in-depth way of connecting them into a story. But to my knowledge, this is only like a loose concept album. Uh, that like the concept appears most strongly in Codename Raven, Babies Are Red, but In the Valley of the Dying Sun. And, and by your side, of course. Uh, yeah. they've they've acknowledged that the only real, like strict concept album that they've ever made is colors. colors yeah um and you know their their first like real concept album was supposed to be suburba and then uh they were kind of pushed out of that um and so they started changing the songs around to all be like standalones rather than a storyline so this one you get to the end of it i think if you if you wanted to you could probably try to like make up a story that all the songs could fit into um but I don't think that story like was meant to be there, which I think actually works well to this album's strengths that you have these themes tying songs together and yet there's nothing forcing them to work together like you have on Colors where you have characters making decisions throughout and you have a storyline that you have to follow. You don't really get the sense of how what a song is about or how good a song is if you don't get the story. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and that doesn't happen here on The End Is Not The End. It was like, By Your Side, as just a four-minute song, tells from beginning to end a beautiful, heartbreaking story um, that would be just as good without um, the songs around it. There's no missing information 
that you have to pick up from the other songs on the end is not the end. And by your side, I might pick that as my favorite song from the album. That song has been breaking my heart for a decade now. <laughs> uh, my second favorite, though, would probably be If, which, fun fact. So catchy. I, 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 I used to go to House of Heroes concerts a lot. Uh, just back, I became a fan back when they were touring uh, the Dallas area frequently. Um, so I, I was able to see them at least once a year. And every single time I wanted to see them, I meant to bring a whistle so that I could blow my whistle at the exact part that they have it on if. And the one time that I finally brought a whistle with me to the concert. They didn't play it. Was the first time they ever didn't play if. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, you missed your opportunity. I know. I'm a failure. You're a monster. So is there is there any song on the album that you don't like? No. All right. I li- I like them all. Um that blah, 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 blah. There have actually been periods where I've gotten really really tired of Lose Control and Codename Raven. Um I'm fine I'm totally fine with them now and they're they're great. Uh I think just when they were getting so much uh Christian rock radio airplay um, I was just wanting to spend time with the other songs. Uh, I think the only song that I've ever had periods of disliking were is sooner or later. Um, but again, like I love that song now. And it was just like seasonally, there was a time when it didn't uh, really click for me. Still, I would probably say that I, I would point that as the weakest song on the album. Uh, but to actually go against uh, something you said earlier, I don't think the second half is just a repeat of the first half. I think. Well, I the, didn't necessarily say that. Uh, that's fine. Well, no, I mean, stylistically. Mm, okay, well, fair enough. Continue. Um, as I think you actually see things branching out a lot of it uh, after. It was like, you know, By Your Side is this like middle track centerpiece of the album that gives you like this acoustic uh, like ballad. Journey into Space, I think, actually goes into like some kind of interesting like space rocky sounds sooner or later is more of like a pop punk uh leaning song uh drowned goes into more of just like actual like punk and some like some hardcore elements uh faces has like a nice like southern country feel to it and then voices just gets like crazy dark and experimental uh and then Field of Daggers brings it back into a song that's more in line with, you know, In the Valley of the Dying Sun and Codename Raven, but on a more like slow burning, perfect closing song kind of way. Um, so I, I think sometimes I, I, f- I feel like it all kind of blurs together just because of the production value of the album and like kind of similar guitar sounds going throughout. And just how it's all all mixed. But when you really get into the specific songs, I really do think they all stand out really well. To tell you the truth, Ghost might be my third favorite song on the album. Ew. So what would be your one and two? In some order, If and In the Valley of the Dying Sun. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're also a big If fan. I think If might be just 
a hair. I think I might prefer if just a tiny hair. But it's a small one. It's so this good. It's so dang catchy. It's... I almost don't understand how good of a song that is. It makes no sense when you're thinking about it, but it makes sense. <laughs> a beautiful drop of iodine. You are a beautiful drop of iodine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you are a beautiful bird on a line. Right. It's there's a there's a creativity here that they um like they really just hit something here. Um that sadly as ridiculously talented as they are, they just haven't been able to get this level again since. Um, and I say that as someone who loves Cold Hard Want and loves Suburba, loves the Smoky P, and I love a lot of colors. Um, I don't love all of it. Do you? Is there any other House of Heroes album that you would consider giving five stars to? Five stars? No. I think that I would probably give Suburba four and a half. I think I mm-hmm. would give Cold Hard Want four and a half. I still am trying to figure out what I think about colors because <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like I was let down a bit with that one. Um, yeah. I think that I mean I like it. Uh, if I probably actually kind of feel the same way towards it that you do. Um, anything else to say on the end is not the end. I'm excited to hear what Phil Joel has to say. More cowbell. Uh, yeah, so we'll move, <laughs> move on now to the interview I got to have with Phil Joel, someone who was one of my favorite Christian musicians when I was a child. Uh, Me too. And he was still in the band, uh, Newsboys, uh, when they released my favorite Newsboys album, Go. And uh, now he has his project, Zealand. And Zealand will be opening up for Newsboys on this very long uh, Newsboys United tour. Uh, which will, as he will describe, contain Peter Furler, Michael Tate, and uh, Phil Joel, all the people back. And yeah, there's there's a very real possibility that they'll be extending this tour beyond the first few months into the rest of 2018. Uh, so I hope this interview uh, will get you interested in seeing that and interested in checking out uh, the New Zealand album, which one of our writers gave four stars, and I agree is a very good album worth your listen. So. We'll go into a a sponsor ad and then the Phil Joel interview, and then we'll be right back. This week's sponsor is a Louisiana worship artist with a great voice and a great heart to match named Tommy Falk. And no, that's not what he asked me to say. That's what I wrote myself. And both of those things are evident from his music. And if you are turned off by the genre of worship music, I would still say to give a chance to his latest EP that came out earlier this year, Come What May. I'll be playing a clip of the title track here momentarily, but his writing style reminds me of one of my favorite worship artists, Starfield. And even though it includes pads and synths and keys, it doesn't at all feel like something that was you know, overly polished or with pop music in mind or the radio in mind more than the church, more than people. It really does feel like natural, like hands-on music made by people for people. And this is a guy who has been in the game, like playing in churches since he was 12. And now he's married with three sons, still doing it. 
Uh, so here's a bit of what he said about the writing of that title track, Come What May. I can say God gave me the song Come What May very quickly in just a few hours. He had been speaking to me and my wife through the account of God calling the children of Israel out of bondage into a new season of freedom. Yet there would still be many challenges along the way, challenges they would need to continue to trust and believe him for. Their accounts and lessons learned really spoke to us both regarding a continual trust, not just a one-time faith statement, but a day-to-day declaration that we will trust him and we will walk with him each day, come what may. I'll be playing a clip of Come What May Now, a song that you can download for free from our website. And at the end of the podcast, I'll be playing the full track, Your Glory, which might be my favorite song from his new five-song EP, which you can now find on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, wherever you stream or listen to your music. Again, that was Come What May by Tommy Falk, F-A-U-L-K, and you can download that song for free along with many others from our website. Go to jesusfreakhideout.com slash downloads slash freeindie.asp to find that song and many more, and you'll also notice that we have a newly redesigned website, so we hope you will enjoy the new look, the new features. And now, here is my interview with Phil Joel. Phil Joel. That's me. I, uh, I was texting my friend yesterday, uh, just making a joke about the movie Zoolander. <laughs> and when she uh, responded back, hers got autocorrected into Zoolander. Yes! I was like, oh, like a New Zealander. How perfect. Yes. Or Zoolander as in the band. And so maybe we're just going to create a whole new people group. That could be like what your fans are called. Yes. Zoolanders. Yes. Maybe. Although we don't like newer, newer Zoolanders. Newer Zoolanders. Yes. Although <laughs> I don't like... We don't like the term fan. Oh, I, don't, I don't like that word. Why not? Because I just don't like it. I mean, especially where it comes from. It's fanatical, you know, is where, the, the, where it comes from originally. And, and then I don't like thinking of people as anything other than people, you know. Yeah. Fans. It's just like, and they're mine, right? My fans. I think that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that, that would be uh, in the same train of thought, I suppose, as you not 
putting Zealand on my social media yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I just don't like to think of people as commodity. You know, it's, it's just, and it's very easy to do. It's very easy to sort of, you know, flip your thinking and become, um, and think that people are, are there for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's honestly quite an interesting little challenge right now for me. I'm, I'm about to, you know, be put on this new platform again, or an old platform that I'm kind of been used to, where, um, uh, you know, people are going to look at me, you know, and people, we've got these thousands of people coming out to these shows and, and there's little old me going to be on the stage. And, um, yeah, it can change your head. And I don't want my head to be changed. I yeah. want to stay, um, stay me, you know, um, and, and you can start, look, yeah, you can start believing that, yeah, the wrong things. <laughs> about yourself yeah um so so yeah um yeah so i don't really yeah i I get it people you know appreciate what we do musically and ministry wise and all that and that's really nice and um uh and uh but i still don't like to think of people as fans you know although i guess yeah it might sound kind of weird but no i i think your logic is sound and Ultimately, I mean, these categories can be helpful in some way or another, yes. but at some point they end. Yeah. And the person needs to start being a human again. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's more for me than anyone else. You know, it's just me. I just don't yeah. like to think of, okay, well, we've got fans. We've got to keep our hooks in them. We've got to keep them happy and we've got to keep, keep them buying what we're selling. You know, I yeah. and that's my head can get in that game. I don't want my head in that game. Yeah. You know, so. So it doesn't sounds like the uh, the mission statement of Zealand would be to sell as many albums as possible, uh-huh. albums as possible or to sell out uh, big venues. So what? All that stuff would be nice. Yeah, you know? it'd be nice. <laughs> um, it'd be nice it, because at least at that point, yeah, you're right. I mean, it would it would indicate that what we're doing is connecting and is of use. Yeah. You know? um, yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's successful. It would be successful or right, you know. Hey, McDonald's sells more Happy Meals than anything in the world, you know. Does it mean it's a part of the solution or the problem? I don't, you know, doesn't, I don't think that, um, that's probably not a good analogy. But, you know, <laughs> just because something <laughs> sells a lot doesn't necessarily mean it's successful, right. I guess, is my point. Um, but in this case, I, you know, with this record that we're about to release, and, and I, I'd love to sell lots of copies because I believe in it. Yeah, you know, and I like it, and I think it's, um, I think it's healthy, a healthy little collection of songs. Yeah. So, what about the like, the, the purpose of Zealand? Yeah, uh, separates it from the other like solo projects or yeah. Well, um, you know, and it's it, it's still quite similar. I mean, it's still I'm still singing, and I'm still the primary songwriter in there. Um, uh, but I love bands, you know, I just love being in a band and I love just the camaraderie of it and I love making music with with a collection of guys that, that I, I, I know and love and uh, and so that's what I've sort of been doing, you know, for the la- last number of years and been ministering, you know, in that context with these guys and leading worship in different situations and so the band kind of became a band you know, out of that, which made me yeah. really happy because it was like, yay, I don't have to be Phil Joel anymore, although that's who I am. But um, I like the idea of a band identity as opposed to a, a, a single person, you know. Which, right. <clears throat> you know, I get it. You know, people are going, I'm, I'm getting put on that stage and people are going to look at me and listen to me singing and sharing, and that's nice. But um, there's something about a band entity representing something bigger and really what we represent, and it's in the name, Zealand. You know, we want to see people get zealous for the land, get excited about 
who God is, um, the plans and purposes He has for them. We want to see people cast off the things that hinder and, and the sin that entangles and just run, go for it, you know, yeah. live life, be alive, um, be zealous for, for life. And, you know, ultimately God represents just that life, ultimate good life. So um, abundant life, if you want to use that. Uh, so, yeah, and I just, I like the idea of, a, you know, back to circling back around to your question, a, a band representing something bigger than just one or two guys, you know, it's a, yeah. a bigger idea. Yeah. Um, so, but it's still my voice, yeah. you know, you know, and yeah. that's still my voice and, and anyone that sort of, you know, grew up on Newsboys or even the early solo records I made, they'll, yeah, um, it'll probably make them smile, you know, still sounds, I still, I think I still sound the same. More or less, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the next three months, obviously, will be consumed with the Newsboys United tour. Um, after that, are you wanting Zealand to be, like, the main thing that your time is dedicated to? Like a- Right. Well, it's, it's, it is the main thing my time's dedicated to now, um, still. Um, well, at least has been. And now with this Newsboys tour, it's just a wonderful combination, you know, yeah. um, which is great. And, you know, I don't know, hopefully I'm not jumping the gun, but really the... We've we've all realised that this tour is going to take a lot more than three months, you know, mm-hmm. to do correctly, because we're realising that we've only got a certain. Right now, we've we're I think there's forty five dates, forty four dates, and that's just kind of not enough, you know. If we're going to do this, we want to do it right. So I think it's yeah. going to take a whole year to do. Oh wow! So yeah, so the plans are in the works to um to extend this tour all the way through to 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 Christmas. Oh wow, that's incredible. Yeah, and so then after that, I don't know, you know, I don't know what um what the focus well the focus will be zealand and ministering in whatever capacity and whatever way that we feel led to um but you know i i'm not one of these guys who has big five-year plans or anything you know i kind of wish i was sometimes (laughs) you know you get around people that kind of have feel like they got it all figured out and you're like wow i envy that but um yeah i don't know Sometimes I hear my own voice coming out of my head, and I'm like, "Hey, just calm down. You sound too too super spiritual or something, or like you're trying to I don't know what." But we we just you know I think we're all just following the cloud, right? We're all just following what it is the Lord's wanting us to do, step by step, day by day. Sounds like a DC talk song. Um, <laughs> but but so, so I don't know what I don't know what we're going to be doing next year. Um, you know, the record would have been out a year, and hopefully people will. Um, it, it'll mean something to some people, and. Um, and we have different ministry aspirations, and we, uh, you know, we see need, and um, and if we can be a part of meeting those needs and leading people to a new place in in the Lord and in life, that's where we'll be. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it'll mean that we'll be all over K Love or you know, yeah. or on Winter Jam or any of that. I don't know. Um, yeah, I wish I did. You know, it'd be kind of nice to be able to know where I'm going to be. Um, that's kind of how we've lived, you know, for the last. 10 years, at least, you know, my wife and I just, we just said, Lord, wherever you want us to be and whatever you want us to put a hand to, um, we'll do it. Uh, and it's always it's a little scary, but yeah. it's, it's the best. Yeah, it's the best. Honestly, even reading this morning, you know, reading, um, reading Exodus and, you know, reading the, the, the Israelites, they're, they're being led out and they get to the Red Sea and, and they're trapped, you know, and there's all <laughs> right. the soldiers going to take them out, you know, and they're like, ah. They've got a choice right there and then to do three things. They either turn around and go back to what was comfortable and what they knew, <clears throat> or they fight, they panic, freak out, basically all end up dying anyway if they try and fight this thing, or they give in to what the Lord has and they trust Him. 
and that's what we call door number three you know and so uh we, we kind of like taking door number three because it's always the best you know? yeah lord i don't want to go backward i don't want to stay in a safe zone knowing uh, uh you know feeling secure because that's an illusion anyway i want what you have I, i'm just going to trust you i don't know what it looks like but you do and your ways are always better than mine so um so yeah I don't know, that was a big answer to a small question, wasn't it? No, it's fine. Yeah. I've actually, I've been reading Exodus, Exodus uh, 2. It's funny that it, people have pointed out that if you just look on a map, yeah, uh, the walk that the Israelites go on from Egypt to the Promised Land could have taken just like a week or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yet, the way God takes them, you know, it takes 40 years. Yeah. It was the idea that like God doesn't always take us the way that we imagine or the right. what looks like the straight path. Yeah, I mean, one way or another, they would have had to go through that wilderness to get to where they needed to go. Yeah, you know, um, and sadly, they 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 because they grumbled so much and because they um, they you know, there's numbers of reasons, but they yeah, they essentially were just they grumbled and didn't trust God. Then they ended up having to roam around for forty years. You know. Yeah. Sadly, um, they didn't believe that they could take out the giants in the land. They didn't believe that that um, they could and should move forward, even when it looked like uh, looked dangerous and risky. You know, but I think God's a risky God. He likes it when we risk. Yeah. Um, you know, not not reckless risk, but to some people it looks reckless. <laughs> you know, um, hey, you know, it's reckless living for some people is you know, not having a four hundred one k. You know, so that they can go and minister uh, overseas and, and bring help, help and health to, to to people in need. Who knows? You know, the risk to a lot of people looks diff- like different things. Yeah. Um, but I, I I know God kind of digs it. You know, I, as I read through the Bible, man, I watched people of God God asking His people to risk it, take door number three. Trust me, it'll work. Don't you know? Don't don't keep playing it safe. So. And that's always a challenge for all of us, you know, whether you're in right. a band, whether you're a music minister or you're just ministering, you know, or working an office job, whatever it is. You know, there's always, God's always leading you to a place of risk. I believe that. If you're not feeling like there's some sort of area of risk that God's leading you into, then um, maybe maybe you're really not listening. You yeah. know? It's like you said just a few minutes ago that security is really an illusion. Yeah. And that when we're doing the safe things, uh, those make us feel like we're the ones in control. Mm. Like we've got it. We can handle it. And when when we know we're not in control is when we're actually giving God the opportunity to step up to the plate. Yeah. Like we have to trust him in that moment. Yeah. Or else we'll fail. So. Uh-huh. And that's kind of exciting to me, right? Yeah. Otherwise, wah, wah, boring. Eh? Yeah. Boring. I just had breakfast with a, a dear friend and we were talking about some things. And, and he said, man, I just got this, um, this, this new understanding of righteousness. He said um, that, that Hebrew, in the Hebrew, this, the righteousness means a whole lot more. There's, there's like a... There's more to it, and it's um, it's it, it mean it means if we're if we're being living righteously, then we are putting aside our rights in order to further the community, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of opposite of how we generally see things. You know, it's it's usually bigger is better, more we've got to you know strive for the bigger house and and the more money and all this sort of stuff. But righteousness is saying no, you you. Your life is meant to be about furthering those around you, which is big, kind of a, a big deal, huh? Yeah. Um, it, it changes the way we see ambition and, and the push to, to strive here, especially in America. Yeah. Anyway, are we getting off track? 
there's no track. <laughs> there's no track. There's no I like track. your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, a, a bit ago, you mentioned the types of um, needs that you see and kind of ministry aspirations that you have, which I think ties into what you just said uh, about right I was serving actually, the community so yeah i was actually meaning to bring that full circle there in that in that you know the life that god wants us to live a life of righteousness is meant to be a life about others yeah you know not about ourselves building this little kingdom and that's the, the kingdom of god it's upside down it really is you know very different especially you know and, and that that's good man if we really dig into that and start challenging what it means to live in a capitalist society as well you know we're it's money 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 um, you know, hey, it makes the world go round, and it definitely helps. I know that, but um, are we using our time, energy, and resources to further um, you know, humanity and this this kingdom, this God, the kingdom of God that, that looks really different than uh, than the world kingdom system, of men. the <laughs> kingdom of men? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It's all pretty exciting to me. Yeah. So would you be able to point out some of the non musical ministry aspirations that? Zealand has, or perhaps maybe just like you and your family have. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know if we have like big aspirations and and things. You know, um, we, we definitely don't feel like we, we're called to build a big ministry or anything. I don't know exactly what that means, but um, uh, we do see need. You know, we see. You know, I, I just think people are looking for three things generally. You know, we're looking for looking to be seen and to be understood and to be liked. Um, and I see it in teenagers. It's kind of it's inbuilt. It's part of who we are. We meant we meant to have that. You know, we meant to be seen mm-hmm. by God. He knows who we are. He knows who you are. You know, he, and he and he knows how you're put together. And he likes what he put together. <laughs> and and we're supposed to kind of bask in that and enjoy that and enjoy yeah. that. Um, but we look for it from other places. You know, and definitely in the social media front, uh, that's where we go to sort of be seen and try and be understood and hopefully be liked. And I see it gobbling up people's souls, you know. And and so if, if 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 we can be a part of saying, waving a little flag and saying, hey, I don't think you need this stuff, you know. You don't need to try and get these things. You're trying to you're trying to fill legitimate needs with illeg- in illegitimate ways. Um, God can give you this, you know, if you open your heart to Him, and if you shut down some other things that may be um, bringing toxins to your soul. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know if that's an aspiration or just um, I think something we feel called to be, to share. Uh, yeah, and it's, I don't know, it's nothing, it's not like, it's not like a goal of, all right, we have to, you know, we want to try and build 10,000 wells this year or something, you know, to bring <laughs> right. fresh water to, it's just pretty broad, but it's, um, I think it's really needed. Because I think if people can get their own heads off themselves and out of, um, some of these places that are um, that are making them kind of sicker, they can get their focus on 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 who they are in the Lord, and they can begin to live this adventure that we just started talking about. And they can bring to the table who they really are. You know, this is who I am. This is what I got. These are the gifts I've got. This is the things I see. This is the vision that the Lord has put in my heart. And here's how I can serve. If that's what's happening, if we're all bringing who we are and what we bring have to the table, wow. There's a feast right there, right? And we all get fed. Yeah. Um, so it's it sounds really simple. Um, like, hey, maybe you need to switch off Facebook. Maybe you need to go on a, on a social media fast for a while. Um, maybe you need to examine some of these places you're going um, online that are just making you sick. And maybe you need to learn how to turn some things off and build some new holy habits in your life and see what comes of it. Um, 
maybe that sounds really basic and 101 and simple, but I think if we all kind of got serious about some of these things, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of things would change. Yeah. Yeah. Does it, sound, it sounds kind of broad, right? But I think it's... Uh, in a good way. Okay. Because it... I mean, and you mentioned, you know, like building wells. And obviously there are massive needs yeah. um, all over the world. And we shouldn't ignore those. And we should try to help how we can. Mm. But then we shouldn't also ignore the other ways that we can help in, in our own family, in our with our yeah. neighbor. And with the mm-hmm. community God has given us. And what you're talking about is a serious problem that not only do we often overlook in our own communities or neighborhoods, we overlook it in our own churches and our own lives. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Jesus talked about not worrying about tomorrow, right? You know, let tomorrow worry about itself. I mean, he was saying that not so that we can go, oh, good, okay. Um, I'll say what Jesus is saying is we're going to get, it's going to be food on the table. Well, yeah. God, you know, he takes care of his kids, he does. But really what Jesus is saying is, be here right now. Yeah. Don't live in tomorrow. Don't live somewhere else. Be here right now with the with the human beings I put in your life, you know. Love on love your neighbor as you love yourself. Um, be here and enjoy one another and bring who you are to the table again, you know. I, yeah. So yeah, and so you're right, there's just a lot of things that are uh, diverting our attention and inhibiting us from enjoying now yeah you know, the moment and the people around us and um and also putting this you know there are a lot of voices and a lot of noise you know coming through our cell phones and our computers that are putting the squeeze on the voice of god in our lives it'd be nice to hear from god a little more often wouldn't it you know yeah oh this is what you want me to do lord wow i heard really clearly that's great um if we're not hearing from God, you know, maybe we should put that under the microscope, right? Like, why am I not hearing from God? Like, I want to hear from Him. I want, yeah. I want to walk in His ways. I want to do and be a part of the things He's calling me to, but I don't exactly know what they are but, because I'm not really hearing from Him. Well, who are you hearing from, you know? Yeah. Are they the voices you want to be he- hearing? Um, maybe if they're not, shut them down. Be, be brave. Be strong. Courageous enough to just turn things off, shut down voices, and, um, and start opening up new avenues, you know? Good old basic 101, getting up in the morning and opening up our hearts and our Bibles and asking the Lord to speak, right? Yeah. He does. Right. He does. He still does that, you know? <laughs> wow. Well, believe it or not. Mm. I know. It, it makes me laugh how often my dad will say um, that he, like, heard a, a word from the Lord mm. tell it to me. Right. And then he won't even realize in the moment that he's just, like, quoting a Bible verse. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, uh, so the, this whole conversation, is this part of what fueled uh, writing the song Sanctuary? Yeah. Yep. I guess so. Um, I'm thinking about that song. No, well, let me be a little more transparent on that with that song. I mean, that song really is, um, you know, the oomph in that tune is the bridge, you know, when it hits the right. bridge, when it feels like the ship is sinking. When uh, discouragement has clouded your thinking, when the world sends a storm full of lies and you feel you're going under because the money has run dry, when anxiety attacks, when depression's on your back, you've got to turn this thing around and let yourself be found because you're safe. You are safe in his arms. You know, we've, we, we talked about it a little bit, you know, whether, uh, about living our, our life in the Lord is risky. It's risky, man. And he'll take care of us. He does. He is. That's why, I, that's why we did that song. You know, I heard it early on, Good, Good Father. Because he is. He's a good dad. He loves his kids. He's going to look after them. He's going to look after us. He knows what we need way before we do. Um, so he's going to take care of our, our, our needs. 
but at some points it looks scary. You know, like we talked about in our, in, in our reading in our, this morning, Exodus. It's gonna, we're going to come up against the walls, you know, where we don't know how to pay the bills, where we don't know what's going to happen in a certain relationship front, or we don't know what's going to happen in our health. Um, uh, and, and we have to trust God. And we can't fall into anxiety. We've got to guard our hearts in those moments, knowing that God is good and that it can be trusted, even though we can't trust but, uh, the things that we see in the moment. So that was written out of a time of, you know, woo, oh, Lord, I don't know what's going on here, you know. I'm, I'm about, you know, I could crash and burn right now, you know, but I'm, I'm not going to crash and burn. I may crash to the floor, but hopefully I'm going to crash to the, to the, to, to the floor as I fall to your feet, you know. Because um, and so that's what that song, you know, Sanctuary is about, and it's pretty cool because my daughter got to sing on it, yeah, which is kind of sweet. Um, it wasn't a plan to put that song on the record, actually. It was just a song that, huh. yeah, we'd um, we Finley had come into the studio to sing on another song, and and we were waiting for the uh, Brent, the producer, to do something. You know, there's a lot of waiting around in the studio, <laughs> and so she and I just started singing that song that I'd written about three or four years ago, and. Um, and he spins around in the chair and says, what is that? Yeah. And, and That's exactly what I pictured. Just really? Like a spinning chair. It's like, what? That's exactly <laughs> what happened. And, and he spins around and he goes, do not move. Don't move. And we're like, what? And he comes back with, you know, two mic stands. And he puts a mic in front of me and a mic in front of Finley. And then he gets one and mics up my guitar. And that was it. And he just recorded it. Four, we sang it four times. Fantastic. And he, yeah, and um, and then he went and uh, wrote some uh, string, string parts for it. Yeah. And we got the same guys to play the violins that um, and strings that did played all the violins and everything on Entertaining Angels. Like, like how many years ago? Really? Yeah. So it was really kind of full circle, Hilarious. kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of fancy. That. Yeah. Only in Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of fun because, you know, I like the fact that she sung on that because um, our kids have been a very a big part of our journey, especially the last 10 years outside of Newsboys and, and just going where the Lord, we feel the Lord led us to go, you know, whatever it is, a youth conference, a small church somewhere, whatever it may be, you know, we just got off the K-Love cruise. Woohoo! That was kind of a, <laughs> that, was, that was great. Um, but they've been a part of the journey and, and it's a faith journey, you know, trusting God to, to provide. Uh, I thought it was kind of cool that she got to sing on that, um, yeah. because she she knows what it means to walk by faith, not by sight. You know, she, yeah. I mean, she's going to continue to learn it as a less, as a life lesson for her personally. But she's watched our family do that. So yeah. Hmm. So is your family pretty involved with the music making process? Um, yeah, yeah. My son, he's nearly fourteen, and um, he's got a great ear, and so he will listen to a song or bring them home and. A, and he'll say, Dad, <clears throat> that's cool. <laughs> that's you. Yeah, I like that. That's you. But the bridge is a bit weak. And, um, and you're, you know, uh, whatever. He'll, he's got really good commentary. And, uh, or I'll bring home a song and he'll go, Dad, that's, that's just not you. That doesn't sound like you. Um, and I know what, you know, it might be a good song, Dad, but I don't think it's you. And um, so I've had to face a few of those. And so he's really helpful on that front. Uh, Heather manages the band, you know, which is great. And, you know, she's not a hard-hitting business manager type person. She's just a sweetheart. And, um, but uh, it's, yeah, it's working. It's working out pretty well so far. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Because I think managing a band or a ministry is, is different than uh, 
Yeah, especially in Christendom, it should be different. You know, right? Not everything should look and make sense. Whereas uh, mainstream world, it probably should, has to. You know, yeah. but in our world, it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily right. all make sense on paper. But uh, right, like the, our lives, the, our life should make sense unless God is involved. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got it. So it's kind of fun having her manage the band. How long have uh, you two been married now? Uh, in nine days, it will actually. I can give you. It's yes, twenty-one years, three hundred and fifty-four days. <laughs> yeah, which means in nine days <laughs> we'll have an anniversary. Yeah. Twenty-two years. Twenty-two years. <gasps> Congrats. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's great, man. Marriage is so good, you know? So they tell me. <laughs> Marriage is good, man. Marriage works, you know? It's meant to work. Because you, know, you, you got these two different people come together and they're both really different, man, woman, the whole idea of it even, because it's different. So, and and you, you rub the edges off and you compliment in different play ways and you, you know, I just love it. I just think it's genius. Yeah. <laughs> so... I guess she'll probably have to stay here with the kids while you go off on the United oh. tour, or are they going to oh, be able yeah. to come? No, they'll be, they'll be coming out. So, um, uh, yeah, first weekend, they're all gonna, we're all flying out to California, and they're going to just take in the whole first run and probably critique me. <laughs> 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 but, no, I want them to be a part of it, you know, you know be a part of the journey. And, um, you know, my, for my 14-year-old, he's never seen me do this. You know, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, when I left Newsboys, he was three. And so he's, uh, I'm like, trust me, son, it was cool. <laughs> uh, whatever, Dad, you know. So, my dad um, tells me these crazy stories. Yeah, he's delusional, yeah. thinks he was famous. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, yeah, it's going to be really fun for me to have him come and see what we, uh, what we used to do, hear some of these songs. I mean, yeah. he listens to the records and he appreciates what the guys do now, but it's, um, you know, it's going to be fun for him to see him. Yeah. See the old man up there. My... Uh, my favorite Newsboys album was uh, Go. Mm, yeah. So it was, it felt like such a sad moment to me mm. when they released like the Go remixes album. Right. And then you weren't on the cover anymore. I know. They just, they just like <laughs> took an eraser and kept rubbing off the, like I did make that record with the guys, I think. But no one. Oh man. I'll, I'll never forget that. Yeah. It was a good record. That was actually a really good record. Now, so this last one I was involved with. Right. So it's going to be fun. We're going we're gonna to play a couple, maybe three, I think about three songs off that record. Really? Awesome. We are jamming 11 songs into our set, which is kind of cool. I mean, you know, in the Newsboys set. Okay. Yeah. We're jamming as many songs as we can in yeah. the time we're given. The Zealand is opening. Yep. All the shows? All the shows. If So you were saying that there's a chance that the Newsboys United tour might just keep going for the rest of 2018. Yeah. Would the plan be for Zealand to keep opening that oh, yeah. entire run? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, quite, you know, as much as I, <clears throat> I don't know if this is a faux pas to say, um, it might be, but it's really important for me that, 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 that Zealand get to be a part of it. Yeah. Because it's what I'm doing now, you know? Right. And so it's nice to look back and, and bring, bring, bring back some of these old songs and, and help people be reintroduced to what was. But um, but Zealand to me is what is you know yeah. is what is now happening and um, it's where we feel to place our energy and so and I'm really excited about it you know yeah. great bunch of guys and, and really excited about the, the the music that we've got. Are you uh, worried at all about just endurance to be able to play like Zealand <laughs> and Newsboys? A little bit, night? a little bit. I mean, we've just been rehearsing that you know Newsboys. We've been rehearsing for the last three days, and uh, my voice is a little bit 
fried. Mm-hmm. Um, I should probably back off the coffee a little bit now. <clears throat> yeah, more like tea with lemon and honey. Tea with lemon and honey and all that. <laughs> yeah. But then again, we were practicing like, you know, a lot. Yeah. We were just and singing real hard and having a good time um, with it. But I, yeah, I think I'll be all right. I think I'll be okay. <laughs> find out. Get a few shows in yeah. and we'll find out. How many uh, Newsboys songs are you singing? Like uh, you. In the like, Newsboys set? Like, yeah. Uh, well, I'm just doing Entertaining Angels and then some verses and different bits and pieces on other songs, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm singing so. on every song. Uh, we are doing Lost the Plot and I don't sing on that, which is kind of exciting for me. <laughs> there weren't many. I, th- I think that's the only song ever that I don't have to be up by the microphone. You know, I'm yeah. just like playing bass, being a bass player, nice. which is really fun. Yeah. Well, I guess you'll have uh, a lot of variety then because you'll be doing guitar for Zealand and yep. bass for Newsboys. Yeah, I know. It's kind of glam. I'm taking out a whole guitar, <laughs> guitar, big guitar vault just for myself. Yeah. So I've got basses and acoustic guitars and electric guitars all, all in there just for me. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> it feels kind of fancy. Yeah. Has it uh, all gelled pretty nicely for you all to be just like in the same room playing music together again? Yeah, really easy. Um, very easy. You know, we kind of grew up together, you know. Yeah. The newsboys world, and you think you grow up in your in your when you're a kid and in your teenage years, but you don't. I think you grow up when you're twenties. You, know, <laughs> you start growing up. You grow up through your twenties, you get into your thirties. You think you know a few things, and then then you start realizing you don't. You know, it's funny. I just, I'm looking around the room, and I'm thinking as we're practicing, I'm thinking, "Yep, there's Jeff. He was a groomsman and." my wedding and I was the groomsman in his wedding and then there's Peter over there and you know we were roommates for 13 years out on the road and he was one of the first people to hold my babies you know getting up to the ho- uh, the hospital room there and you know um, and we're all yeah we're all just very involved in one another's lives early on so it just feels very natural yeah yeah really natural um, and, and, and only in these occasional moments you sort of shake yourself and go hey this is actually really cool yeah this is really cool Almost, it's almost so natural. It's just you, you, you can miss it, you know. <laughs> yeah, strange. Did did the songs come back to you pretty easily, or was there some like like some like learning curves and? Um, no, they came back pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. it's just like riding a bike, honestly. Yeah, it was pretty simple. Um, yeah, it didn't take much at all. Lost the plot. If you know that song, that was a tricky one. If uh, any bass players out there, you listen to that and you go, "Whoa." I remember, I remember playing bass on that song, you know, in the studio, and and being very proud of it. Like, oh, I just, I think I did something kind of fancy there, you know, because I, yeah, I didn't really know how to play bass, and still don't. I just bumble my way through it, you know, and um, uh, so the bass lines are kind of cool. So yeah, that was the only one. I, was like, I had to really, really concentrate and relearn what I did and listen to the record. Like, what am I doing right there? How does that work? Um, yeah, but otherwise, otherwise, pretty simple. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, really fun. Um, I mean, they're good songs, you know. I mean, we got yeah. there's some really good songs. Peter, Peter and Steve Taylor, you know, wrote some of the greatest stuff just ever. You know, it's really great. You know, and I, I was um, fortunate enough to be a part of the writing team for a while there and got to write some fun stuff. But um, the songs are just, they're just killer. I think, I think we're just going to smile the whole time. And hopefully people will do the same thing because yeah. we're moving from song to song pretty quick. Yeah. And every time we start a new one, I just oh yeah, go, yeah, I get a big smile on my face like this is going to be great. And then we finish that and go to another one. So are you going to be like 
staying on stage and playing bass for the Michael Tate era songs? No. Okay. No. Um, no, I've got to get a break somewhere. <laughs> uh, no, no, Michael's going to come do this. You know, they'll do their thing, and uh, and then we'll. I'll probably come up and join them on a couple of songs or something. So is it more like segmented? <clears throat> yes. For like the different eras of the band? Yeah, and kind of overlaps. Okay. You know, just little overlaps and passing of the baton. And yeah, it's going to be like that. You know, Zealand's going to do 20 minutes and then uh, Michael and the guys will come on and, and do half an hour and go crazy. And then Peter and I will come up and join them on their last song. And then uh, Michael will exit, you know, go take a... A warm cookie break and then uh, <laughs> we will um, we'll do our thing and then uh, take another break and then the guys will come back and hit it pretty hard you know yeah um, and then we'll, and then I think Peter and I will inevitably find our way back up on stage and join them for the odd moment yeah yeah which will be fun very cool yeah now it's gonna be a really good experience you know I think it's gonna be a walk down memory lane but also a, a move forward you know for both Newsboys and Zealand. It's exciting. Yeah. I wanted to talk at least about a few songs yeah. on uh, Liberated. Oh, yeah. My favorite is uh, Deeper Water. Oh, cool. Um, so so where did that song come from? What's the story behind it? Yeah. Um, it was written with a guy, uh, a really good friend of mine, Galen Crew. I met through Roger Cook, who lives across the street from me, who is a very well-known British songwriter. They were writing one day, and Roger said, hey... Um, you don't know who Phil Joel is, do you? And he goes, yeah, I grew up listening to Newsboys and Phil. And he goes, let's go meet him. <laughs> so they came across and, and we, we became friends pretty quick, you know, and great songwriter. And he has since um, become this, like, icon in China, blown up in China. Right? He's like hmm. Justin Bieber over there. It's crazy. Uh, we wrote the song together. We wrote it because I wasn't happy with the record. I wasn't happy with the record that we made. Hmm. Um, so the record you're hearing right there, it's 2.0 of the record we started to make. And we ended up shelving half of it Wow! because I didn't like it. And, you know, talking about bringing home these songs to my kids, half of these songs I bring, I, uh, you know, my kids were just like, Dad, that's just not you. It's like you trying to put on someone else's jacket. It doesn't suit you. Urgh, rats. We spent all this time and this money and everything making this record and it doesn't fit, you know. And I had to turn around and say to the label, hey, this doesn't fit. I don't moving forward and um, they, were, they were very gracious and we so we went back into the studio and I thought you know what I don't I just have this feeling I need to write with Galen and so I went over there and um, and we began to to, to work on the song and um, and that it was what came of it and I had the lyric pretty much written in its entirety in my phone it was just sort of just things that I've been thinking about because God had been shaking me up you know in the first lines, you've been shaking the trees, you've been burning the leaves, you've been breaking our rules, and we're okay with it. And um, and and I'd, I'd been in a season where I felt like the Lord was going, "Hey, see that? See that whole thing that you 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 know doctrine or that sort of idea about who I am? I, that's not me. <laughs> that's not me. That's that's man's sort of thinking. And um, and I'm going to shake down some of this stuff, um, and I'm going to take you to a deeper place in me. And uh, and so. That's where that lyric came from, and yeah. the song kind of came together pretty quick. And it's, uh, and it, it, yeah, it's, uh, it's. More, I think it's one of my favorites on there too. Awesome. One of the lines that stuck out to me was uh, rearranging our lives, learning how to cry, mm. but we're okay with it. Yeah. I guess like uh, that ties back to some of the things that we were discussing earlier. Trusting God enough to be okay with 
like your plans failing yeah. or like your life being hard yeah in order to and your expectations um, not being met yeah you know god's not he's not there to meet our expectations he's there to exceed them <laughs> yeah you know he will exceed our expectations but if we hang on to what our limited expectations are we will be disappointed um and but in the midst of that yeah there's some there's some tears huh you know there's some tears at different points I think sometimes you have to go through a bit of a mourning process too, you know. And as we mature in the Lord, sometimes we have to let go of old, old, old sort of thinking and old places that we feel we're really safe. A lot of those things come in the forms of different sort of traditional Christianity. And sometimes the Lord says, "I need you to let that go in order to, you know, sail on out to some deeper water here." Yeah. Yeah. So you can be of more use. <laughs> yeah. So that your well is, gets deeper. So that you can. Uh, you know, hopefully provide more refreshment for other people. I'm glad you like that song. That's one that I'm I, glad you wrote it. Yeah, that's one that I, that's one I put on repeat too. I just sort of listen in the car and yeah, let it sort of do its thing. So, and have you had a lot of those like kind of letting go processes leading up to where you are now with Zealand? Or yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, all of it. It's all been a constant letting go, and that's constant. why it's all so exciting. Because <laughs> like here we are back at this thing, you know, back. Um, touring again I have this band with this record that's coming out there's a record company involved there's booking agents there's all this sort of stuff which which um, I didn't see coming back around again you know at all I'm like Lord when I left Newsboys honestly I had no idea what I was going to do and then the phone started ringing and I I really felt at that point too the Lord very clearly saying no booking agent no record company no management you just watch what I do I will lead you and um, and so here we are, you know, and so it's been a, a whole, every step of the way, sort of letting go of things that I feel were safe and that I knew about and just learning how to, um, kind of learning how to walk again without, um, without all of the, the safety harnesses I thought were there before, you know, and then they really weren't there anyway, you know, like you're talking about, you know, like you mentioned earlier on, security is it's an illusion anyway, you know, we can lose our jobs, we can lose our health, we can lose all kinds of things in a heartbeat. But, um, uh, just continually saying, Lord, I whatever I have is is yours, and I and I'm willing to let go of it. The Lord's cool in that. He goes, okay, well, I appreciate that, you know, and I'm going to bring things back around in a different way. And again, it always exceeds our expectations. It's always cooler when we allow Him to lead up and lead the way. Yeah. You know? So to me, coming back with this, it's like the Zealand thing. It's cool. I love it. I'm so excited about it. But I'm so loose with it. I'm so you know, I'm open-handed with it. You know, it may end tomorrow. It may, you know, something might happen where it's like, okay, this is that's it's done. Um, I'm not hanging on to it like tight-fisted like maybe I, I would have early in the newsboys days. You know, yeah. and less less ambitious, but at the same time, still pretty energized. You know, there's a difference between really in it, being energetic and being like. Um, focused on what what it is we need to be doing and how to move forward and be excellent in what we do, and uh, and being driven and ambitious. Those they're, they're very different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something you just said reminded me, like explicitly, of something my pastor said the other night. That uh, everything um, that pleased God in the Old Testament was like with with the empty hands of faith, mm. and everything that. Um, Angered God was with the closed fists of demand. Mm. Um, Interesting. So like, I like to say how like you're, you, know, you have to be open-handed with it. 
Yeah. Or else you'll be telling God what to do with it. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. See, I'm going to have to think about that one too. That's a nice one. <laughs> okay, open hands of faith as opposed to the clenched fists of demand. Of demand. Yeah. Mm. I, I like the story. Um, is it, you, you know the story with Moses is... Um, He's um he's he's there, and the the people are grumbling. They're thirsty, and earlier on he's tapped the rock with the staff. God has said tap the rock, and 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 water comes out of this rock, you know, and um uh, and they get refreshed. Later on, the same sort of thing happens again, you know, and the people yeah. were grumbling. We're thirsty. You brought us out here to die, rah, 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 you know. And we need water, and God and Moses is like, oh, why must I do this again, you know? And Moses kind of makes out like it like he's the one, like bringing refreshment and God's going goes what are you talking about now I'm the one that does this you know yeah. anyway so Moses in that moment of kind of kind of arrogance he goes ahead and um, and God says to him speak to the rock you know and uh, he goes ahead and, and, and disobeys basically taps the rock with the stick you know so he's being arrogant and disobedient in that moment and uh, and you would think oh well nothing's going to happen obviously you know but refreshment comes because God just still realizes these people need to be refreshed, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and so God still used Moses even in the midst of him kind of losing it for a while there, you know, yeah. he lost it. He still gets refreshment to his people, which I think is really cool. Cool. I don't know. Actually, I don't know exactly know how that <laughs> relates to our story, but it just kind of popped into my head. <laughs> that encourages me sometimes when I think, you know, like, man, I. You know, we're all just bumbling around and yeah. we try and be obedient as best we can. And sometimes we're not. And sometimes we do shake our fists and demand, come on, God, we're ready yeah. to come through. And, um, you know, God is <clears throat> a whole lot more gracious and patient and kinder than we are. Yeah. And he still brings refreshment to our souls, even even if we're not pleasing yeah. in those moments, you know. Yeah. Is, is it the song, End of the World, that says, <clears throat> we need you to do what only you can do yeah. and you can do whatever you want to? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a desperate song. That's desperate is good. Yeah, and I, I think you know, man, that's it, definitely a very, very much a corporate sort of worship song. And you know, there's a mixture of corporate worship type anthems in there, and or heart cries, and then sort of testimony type things in there. But that one's a you know a, what we would classically consider a corporate worship song. And I think it's kind of funny, you know, somehow we think that we're going to sing these songs and we're going to rally God, bring about God's, you know, get God's attention somehow. Yeah. Now, come on, Lord, do what only you can do. You can do anything you want to. Like we're asking him to do something really and truly, you know, in those moments when we're singing that and we're throwing our hands in the air and we're saying, hey, Lord, do what only you can do. You can do anything you want to. It, It sounds like we're asking him to do something, but really what we're doing in that moment is we're opening our hearts. Yeah. And hopefully we're shedding... Our, our our sense of self-sufficiency and our and our selfish self-centered sort of ideas about how we can best attain the things we need you know and we, it's, it's like yeah worship to me is such an interesting thing it's not really about us singing to the lord it's almost about us singing to our own souls mm-hmm. you know and softening them up and opening them up so god can actually speak to us yeah. and sing back to us you know i think something that we've lost a lot too is a uh singing to each other Mm. like we call it congregational worship and yet especially in like the churches that i like i grew up you know like the church is like a big rock concert and it's too loud to even hear the people next to you it's just like you're trying to create this like or this presence of just like you and god yeah as you singing directly to him um 
and you might not even notice that the person next to you is downcast, not singing, right. huh. or the person on the other side of you is going through the motions and doesn't look like they actually believe any of it. Yeah. Um, and I think part of the power of congregational singing is that we're we're in this together. We're singing it totally. through each other for each other. Yeah, I know. That's what's so powerful. And that's what's powerful when we're in stadiums and we're singing and cheering for soccer matches or something too. You know, we're all like chanting the same sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and it, and we're, we realize, whoa, we're connected. We are, we're all connected here, you know. Yeah. Um, this is really powerful. And then you throw the God element and then you, know, you go, <laughs> whoa, we're connected because God is connected to us and we, we're connected with him and, and with one another. This is really a powerful thing. Congregational singing. There's a reason we've been doing it for thousands of years it's <laughs> <Yeah>. powerful <laughs> so tell me about zealand <laughs> <laughs> how did zealand become zealand we um you know like i mentioned earlier on we just sort of have been uh when i say we i think me and my wife and you know initially we just feel like we just want to go where the lord leads you know and so at a certain point there we were asked we got this call and said hey will you come and lead worship at this camp you know, I'm like a camp. I don't even know what that is. You know, <laughs> I don't know what camp. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, uh, so off we went, and and I got a friend of mine to uh, put a band together and meet me up in Michigan. I was coming in from somewhere else, and we we're going to lead worship at this camp. And um, uh, the band that that he put together was really great. And anyway, the, the drummer, uh, he was real quiet. And he's never seen, and his clothes are all ripped to pieces. And he looked like kind of almost like he's a street kid, you know. And I'm like, man, is this kid even saved, you know? Let's see if he's a believer or whatever. And uh, anyway, we get backstage, we start, uh, and the, uh, the youth pastor's back there, and he goes, okay, well, let's pray. And this guy, Ben, starts praying. And I had hardly heard two words out of him until this point. He just starts praying. And I'm going, whoa, who is this guy, man? And he was awesome. And then he just, you know, Finishes praying and then back to being, you know, quite little Ben. And uh, anyway, that was like seven years ago. And so he and I have been playing ever since. And uh, and at that camp, something sort of was ignited in us. Like, wow, there's something in this. Leading worship for teenagers and helping teenagers get to a new place of, you know, liberation in the Lord. You know, excitement about who, who God is. And then uh, uh, so along the way, um, we've had different people come and, come and go but uh, Ben, who's been with us, this, we have another Ben in the band, who's been with us for the last three years. He he used to be that kid who would turn up backstage at Newsboys shows, and he knew you know every song Newsboys World, and he would sneak backstage and he would give us his demo tapes and um, his his CDs and stuff. Hey, you know, and I'll be like, Hey, Ben, good to see you. You know, still writing, great. You know, and I'd listen to his music, and every year he'd get better and better. And then I lost touch with him for a bit, didn't see him, and then I saw him in this other band, and he was fantastic, and he'd become this, you know, world class musician. So um, uh, I invited him to come out and help lead worship on something, and that was it. You know, he just we fell in love with him, and and he with us, and so uh, he moved to Nashville and and became a part of the band. And then just recently, in the last six months, my cousin, Roger, who married a Canadian girl, lives in Canada, uh, uh, he's, he's recently moved down here to Nashville and uh, is a part of this thing we call Zealand, this traveling circus, and, uh, which is great. It's nice to have family in the band. And he, you know, he sounds like me, so it's nice to have another not translator or you know, another person that speaks the language. We're becoming a pretty tight-knit little unit, you know. It's kind of fun. You build history pretty, 
without sort of thinking about it. You start looking back and going, well, we've been doing this for a while, even though to most people, Zealand is this brand new sort of band, but we've actually been doing this for about seven years. Oh, wow. Yeah, without a record company and without all the hoopla. You know? <laughs> now we've got a little hoopla. Who, who needs that hoopla? <laughs> hoopla. What is hoopla? What does that mean exactly? What is that? Where does that word come from? It's a good word. Zealand and the hoopla. And there we go. Our favorite New Zealander. <laughs> Indeed. I love that accent. I like him even more than the hobbits. Do the hobbits have much of an accent? Hobbitses. That is Hobbitses. a gullum. That is not a hobbit. Actually, gullum is a breed of hobbit right um that is they they like water like the hobbits normally don't like water like frodo baggins and um sam and those hobbits they don't like water but the breed of hobbit that gollum is did like water hence he found the ring while he was fishing but as i was saying uh you know one of my favorite accents I mean, I love New Zealand accents, but you know, one of my favorite accents, the Irish accent. I love Irish accents. They sound so amazing. I wish I had an Irish, Irish accent. Irish I, accent? I, they sound a little bit like, uh, here I go trying to make, that, make voices that's, again. That's a terrible accent. Um, you see, I don't try to insult oh. an Irish accent by trying to imitate it. I just listened to Keith and Kristen Gettys. I mean, I know. Oh, you were making a transition. I was about to start t- talking about really great Irish films that I love, like Sing Street and Calvary and Brooklyn, to show that I, I as bad as my accent is, I'm not, I'm not out to get y'all. Okay, Irish people, Keith and Kristen Getty. Last episode, I assigned you to listen to their album Awaken the Dawn for your very first time. Mm-hmm. Mark, middle name, Rice, what did you think? You know, I hadn't listened to Keith and Kristen Getty Disclaimer to the listeners, if he starts speaking negatively about this album, this episode is going to end very abruptly. You, <laughs> you have no idea what I'm going to say about this album. I don't. Okay, well, I mean, you assigned it to me because you obviously thought that I would like it. And I'm feeling suddenly trepidatious. Well, don't feel that trepidatious because, I, I mean, I did like it. My opinion of Awaken the Dawn changed a lot over the course of this week because the first time I listened to it, I guess I don't really know exactly what I was expecting. Uh, I think I was figuring it would sound more Irish. And the first time I listened to Awaken the Dawn, it, I mean, I could definitely tell, you know, there was some Irish influences, you know, tin whistles, bagpipes, but it sounded pretty, you know, like a pretty standard worship album. And I was also surprised because, again, I had never listened to uh, Keith and Kristen Getty um, that Keith actually doesn't sing at all. Yeah. Uh, it's just uh, Kristen that sings. Am I saying it right? Kristen? Yeah. And not Christine? Okay. Uh, it's, I mean, Kristen is the only singer. And so I can, I can only assume then that Keith writes the uh, lyrics and the music. Is that correct? So funny i was actually at the uh, g3 conference in atlanta uh recently and Kristen wasn't able to make it because she has a baby on the way so uh it was keith he was just leading worship by himself and so i got to hear him sing for the first time and you should be thankful that he doesn't sing on the albums because he really isn't that good of a singer but he's one of the best songwriters in like 
modern hymnody, you know, that we he's one of the best mm-hmm. songwriters that we have in making worship songs right now. And behind the scenes, he is a multi-instrumentalist, most mostly a pianist, but he plays other instruments as well. He writes some of the songs by himself. He writes some of the songs with other songwriters. Like his most famous song in Christ Alone was with Stuart Town. Stuart Town and yeah, and then Kristen does help as well. She writes some of the songs uh, with Keith. Mm-hmm. So I mean, getting back to what I thought about this album, uh, my first two listens were actually very disappointing, hmm. and. Uh, the reason I was disappointed was because I think I had different expectations of what this album would sound like. Yeah. Uh, when I came into it, I guess if I if and, I knew that you wanted the Irish sounds, I I could have uh, suggested instead their Hymns for the Christian Life album. That that one really gets down. Yeah. You know what? Um. You know, I'd listened to a few other, uh, not full albums, but you know, a few other songs and a few other snippets from. Actually, I listened to some of their children's albums that they've released in the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, those sound just amazing. I, I, honestly, I, you know, I might have to go check those out. <laughs> yeah. Please but, do. um, yeah, Keith Getty is a very well-versed theologian too. And, uh, the lyrics are the thing that really made it grow a lot on me. Yeah. And then, um, the other thing that made it really grow a lot on me was, you know, as I listened more closely, the instru- the instrumentals were a lot more nuanced than I gave it credit for. Yes. And yeah, it's not really an Irish sounding album, but there are definitely, you know, Irish influences and, you know, a few songs had bag- bagpipes and tin whistles and you know, the stuff that I was expecting that I just didn't hear the first couple of times around. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it definitely grew on me a lot. I think it has a lot more that it can grow on me. But, you know, as of right now, you know, a generally overall favorable impression. It's a good, it's a good thing that uh, you didn't hear my first impression of this album because yeah. then you would have shut off this podcast. Yeah, it's a good thing we didn't record uh, last week as planned. Um. Cool. Well, thank you for uh, giving it some extra tries and letting it grow on you. I'm actually having trouble remembering exactly what kind of relationship I had with the album uh, at first. Um, Came out in 2009? Yeah, I didn't listen to it until 2014. And actually, it came into my life at a really, really dark time, personally. And it was like this beacon of hope um, that made me interested in really like theologically dense uh worship music and hymns in a way that i'd never not only had i never like been interested before i'd almost never really been like introduced to it before um you know like i grew up in the type of church that just did whatever modern worship songs were trendy so hymns were kind of lost on me uh and then to hear these modern hymns that are like really like well written well thought out um theologically rich meaningful um they just they they were they they fed my soul and brought me a lot of comfort in those days and then as you know time went on uh i, just, I still just think it's great music um it actually there's, there's it's in question whether i think that album is better than hymns for the christian life or better than facing a task unfinished uh, but i think all three of those albums are really great and all the compliments that I just flung at uh, Awaken the Dawn could be said of the others as well. 
Uh, so there's really no point in pitting them, pitting them against each other. And I could even, you know, say that to like the listeners too. Like if you're, uh, music can never be an adequate substitute for the word of God, um, or for prayer, but God also gave us music for a reason. And it's easy to turn to music in times of, um, need or in times of dismay, uh, times of emotional turmoil. And it's a lot easier to turn to music than to go to God's word. Um, but these albums by Keith and Chris and Getty are an incredible thing to turn to during those times of need, uh, rather than some other music that might be completely adequate in some circumstances, but in times of need aren't re- aren't really going to help you, aren't going to, um, comfort you and, and, and feed your heart and, and center your thoughts on Christ the way that uh, these songs very well could. So, yeah. That's making it, making it a little personal. But um, Anything else for today? Well, yeah. I need to assign you an album. Oh, yeah. Bring it on, baby. I'm going to assign you a long album. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So the album that I'm going to assign you is an album that came out, uh, I believe it was a little over a year ago, um, pretty late in 2016. Okay. Um, it is from a rapper. I'm actually not entirely positive to uh, what, what to call him by, but uh, let's just go with Psalm. Um, the name that was on the album cover was Psalm, a.k.a. Lyricidal. And the album is called Covenant. Huh. So a little bit of background on this album. Um, me and Scott Freiberger, we both wrote independent uh, artist reviews. He had signed up for an uh, indie review and interview with us. And uh, so Scott and I reviewed the album, and we both really liked it. The story behind or excuse me the story with psalm is a very very um interesting and very very um you know amazing story of how he was able to find christ he's been a rapper kind of like an underground rapper for uh, almost a decade i think and he used to go by the name of Easy Ways, I think, uh, when he found Christ, um, he made a ton of changes to his life. And for the better, uh, his relationship with his wife and his children got a lot better. And, uh, you know, these songs are all the songs that he wrote since he uh, found Christ. So it's a little all over the place, but it's also really, really good. So that is my assignment to you. All right. The album Covenant by the rapper Psalm. All right. I'll I'll track that down and <laughs> give it 78 minutes of my life, you know, one or two or three times. I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm always excited, except for when I'm not. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to the JFH podcast. And it is pronounced Dibiazi. 
The JFH Podcast is hosted by Mark Rice and me, Chase Tremaine. Production editing and music is also by me. The podcast is executive produced by John DiBiase and Christopher Smith. If you are interested in sponsoring the podcast, please send an email to Christopher at JesusFreakHideout.com. Thanks again to Tommy Falk for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. And please go check out his latest EP, Come What May, wherever you buy or stream music. Now here is a full track from his EP, Your Glory.
my battle cry No one can stand against you Though they may try For you are my defense My battle cry That makes me think. We don't want that to happen. Shine. Make him wonder what you got. Make, Make him wish, wish that, that they were, were not. not. On the outside, On the outside looking, looking bored. bored. <laughs>